When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne chose. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. It's going to be sick. Marinaro, the sick podcast on this Monday, June 5th. It is 3.31 p.m. Eastern. Why 3.31 p.m. when usually the sick podcast is brought to you weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern? Well, pretty special signing this morning for a pretty special player, which means for a pretty special show or pretty special shows. It's double header mode here at the Sick Podcast. I am Marinaro. We're going early and we're going to go at our scheduled time at 10 p.m. Eastern as well. And joining me is Eric Engels of Sportsnet, sportsnet.ca, who's a regular collaborator every Monday, but not before I talk to you about the Sick Podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, recently named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies, the country's leading business award, recognizing innovative and world-class companies, the best managed Canadian companies, designation, fuels, energy's purpose of creating progress for their customers, their employees, and their communities. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for all available opportunities. Also, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards, La Bit at TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bit at TB, embrace your true nature, and also brought to you in part by Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, and fine lines, and more. Speaking of permanent laser hair removal, look. <laughs> no hair. No hair. Gotta love it. No hair, less odor. It's a beautiful thing. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal Shop Angus and the second on the North Shore in Terrebonne. They're also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at murphyclinic. All right, okay, so earlier this morning at 9 a.m., we told you something was going down when we talked about it on Friday, saying that we had it on good information that Cole Caulfield and the Montreal Canadiens talks were heating up, looking at seven or eight years 
on an amount that would not be superior to Nick Suzuki's cap hit of $7.875 million per season. We doubled down last night. I was live at Cafe Milano's in Laval at around 7.25 p.m., having a latte right before taking in the Umberto Tozzi concert at Embassy Plaza in Laval. And as soon as I walked in to get a latte with my wife, there were a bunch of people asking me about Cole Caulfield. So I felt like, you know what, I had to give another update. So I gave another update, and I stood by my report. And I said it would be a seven- or an eight-year deal at a cap pit that would not be more than $7.85 million. And I said that the talks were nearing the finish line. Earlier today at BPM Spot Radio with Eric Oziel at around just past 8 a.m., I said, don't be surprised if something happens today. Less than an hour later, the Montreal Canadiens made it official. Cole Caulfield signs an eight-year contract extension at a cap hit of $7.85 million. And joining me to talk about it, once again, a regular collaborator on Mondays. One of the premier Habs insiders in the city, in the province, and in the country, Eric Engels. Good afternoon. Hey, how are you? Very good. How are you? Good. Congratulations. You nailed it. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, you win some, you lose some, and it's always a lot of fun when you win them. But, uh, you know, this is uh, this is obviously, it's not about me. It's about Cole Caulfield. It's about the Montreal Canadiens. It's about the fan base that has a lot to be excited about, Eric, because they were nervous about this one. They wanted this one done a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, four months ago, five months ago. Anyway, longer than that, it's finally a fait accompli. It's a done deal. Cole Caulfield spoke with members of the media at around 1 o'clock earlier this afternoon. And um, what's the one thing you most took out of that presser? I think the biggest thing is how badly he wants to be a Montreal Canadian and win as a Montreal Canadian, you know. And I think his signing this contract at a number that came in under Nick Suzuki's, despite the market dynamics, right? Like, look at the market dynamics. Two years ago, Suzuki signs that deal at a fixed salary cap with, you know, no guarantees it was going to go up exponentially anytime that soon. You know, Cole Caulfield is in a situation where he's looking at a salary cap that's going to go up by a million dollars this year that might have even jumped higher if if the NHL revenues had rebounded to the point that they, they felt that escrow would be eliminated. But what's guaranteed is that this will be the last summer escrow is paid and that the, the cap will jump potentially as high as $4.5 million a year down the line and then continue growing exponentially. You know, those are different market dynamics. And he does something that very few players in the NHL can do at a high level, which is score goals. Yeah. And, you know, for him to put his pen on that paper, and I think I was on with you a couple of weeks ago and I said, look, I believe and I've heard that a seven or eight year deal is on the table for him. And if the money was exactly what he'd hoped it would be, his name, his contract, his signing would already be on the contract. Yeah. Um, that it actually got there and then it got done, you know, and there was no real urgency on either side he could have waited it out speaks to a his respect for nick suzuki as the leader of the montreal canadians and his ability as a player and b his desire to win in montreal you know the the flexibility that both those contracts gives kent hughes moving forward is huge you know if you look four years down the line 
where the NHL salary cap could exceed, and people will think it's crazy to hear it, like $100 million, over $6 billion in revenue right now, there's going to be second-line players that are commanding those types of contracts. You're so probably right, Eric. You're probably this right. Is a, this is a big, big deal for the yeah. Canadians. It's a huge deal for Caulfield. And what's really clear is that he likes the direction this team is going in. He feels he's set up now to be a part of the leadership group as well as the core. And um, I think there's big things ahead for, for the Canadians after having gotten these couple deals done, but specifically this one with Caulfield. All right, uh, let's bring up the specifics of the contract, which, of course, were tweeted by Cap Friendly, which is a terrific site, capfriendly.com, for all your cap-related news. So we know that the contract is front-loaded. We also know that on July 1st, boom, $5 million signing bonus. The July 1st after that, another $5 million. I'd love to be Cole Caulfield's best friend, especially on July 1st, by the way. But let's take a look. Let's keep it up here if we can. So $4.975 million in salary plus a five million dollar signing bonus in year one the exact same thing in year two in year three it's a salary of 9.975 million dollars in year four it's 8.705 million in year five it's 6.215 million and in year six and year seven and year eight it's $5.985 million with the only difference being in that in year six He's got a no-team trade clause of 15 teams. Year 7, it drops down to 10 teams. And year 8, it drops down to 5 teams. Besides the obvious, front-loaded in the first couple of years, getting some money up front there with the signing bonus. Besides, what what, what do you most take out of this contract? Is there anything that just jumps out at you? I always believe that the best negotiations are are ones where both parties get a deal that they can live with when you come out with a deal that both parties can be happy about that's a that's a slam dunk home run whatever you want to call it grand slam whatever Mm -hmm. you know like when i look at this breakdown i see two parties that can be really happy um i i see cole caulfield putting as much money in the bank as early as possible which is you know the hope and desire of any person in the world, let alone a professional athlete that has mm-hmm. the ability to touch such money. You know, he's given some control, a measure of control in the, in the limited no trade clause towards the end of that contract. And to balance that, his salary goes down a little bit. So the Canadians, you know, gain some leverage on the trade market if they're ever to explore it. Say they get to year seven of the deal. And it becomes clear that Cole is going to test free agency after year eight. You know, that's when they start thinking, okay, we might have to trade him a year from now. You you, you know, this is way down the line and we can't project. But these are the protections that are built into the contract. Mm -hmm. The Canadians don't want to be handcuffed by a 15-team, 10-team, 5-team no trade clause. Mm -hmm. And having a lower salary for a premium goal scorer is going to be something that unleashes them a little bit. Uh, the fact that it's five teams in the yeah. final year tells you it's protection baked in. In an ideal world, both parties go down the road where they win together, they're happy together, and they remain together and and continue to buy up more years of Cole Caulfield scoring goals. Um, but you got to build in protections into a deal. And I think when you look at the structure of the deal, Cole gets to cash in quite early. Uh and the Canadians are not handcuffed towards the end of it if, for whatever reason, things don't work out the way they would hope moving forward in the long-term future. 
All right, so all's well that ends well, but seeing as we're live right now and there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people watching, hopefully one day millions, that's the goal, watching on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Twitter Live for the sake of conversation. Cole Caulfield loves the city of Montreal, loves the management group, loves his coach, loves Nick Suzuki, and loves all the other players and his team. The city of Montreal loves Cole Caulfield. The Montreal Canadiens love Cole Caulfield. Everyone's in love with each other. So my question to you is, for the sake of conversation and nothing more, why do you think it took this long? I mean, I don't think it did take that long. Like, I guess I, I, I've been saying the same thing for I don't know how long it's been, which people might say, okay, that it has been a long time. Yeah. You know, negotiations, when you're talking about eight years and you're talking about 60 plus million dollars, you know, in order to get them over the line, sometimes it takes an actual hard deadline, right? It's sometimes that's when the action really starts to heat up, especially if there's some sort of chasm between both parties. I don't think there was ever really a wide gap. I have no doubt. And Ken Hughes is probably going to speak later this week when he's at the Combine that they explored every single option that was on the table in having their discussions about a new contract for Cole, whether it was a shorter-term deal, a one- or two-year deal, a three-year deal, a seven-year deal, an eight-year deal, a six-year deal. I'm sure they discussed every single aspect until they got to what they were comfortable with. But it seemed like the angle from the Canadians all along was we want them for seven or eight years, and the angle from Caulfield all along was I want to be here for seven or eight years. Yeah. Hammering out the fine print, dotting the, the I's and crossing the T's, takes time especially without a hard deadline hanging over your head you know right now it's june 5th there was no urgency whatsoever on either side to get this done not july 1st coming and potential offer sheets yeah not even september training camp starting more the regular season would have been a hard deadline that you yeah. want to get it done before then and it's a big negotiation for a player who has 123 games of experience but also a player who has 40 eight goals in his last 83 games. So, yeah. you know, like, I don't think, and Kent Hughes could correct me or Pat Brisson eventually, that either side was ever dug in on a position where there was a huge gap between what they each wanted. And I think that's why it got done, in my estimation, a lot yeah. earlier than it could have. So when you say what took so long, yeah. I say it could have taken way longer. I hear you. Listen, you lost me at Chasm. But I'm going to continue anyway. Remind me never to play a game of Scrabble with you, Eric Engels. Okay, yeah. But I will say this. You're right in saying that it wasn't time sensitive right now. It was no biggie. There was no pressure really on either side. They could have played this out another couple of weeks, maybe even another month, maybe even another two months. And besides the fans getting antsy, everything still would have been okay. What I do know about time sensitive was that April 13 was time-sensitive because the Canadians and Caulfield and his group, uh, they had intense negotiations leading up to the end of the season. And I know this for a fact, Eric, that the Canadians, they really wanted to. It was their intention to announce at the end of the season a Cole Caulfield contract extension. That was their way after the season was over to say, hey, Montreal Canadiens fans, we may have had a hard time this season, finished fifth last, but we're going to leave you with this bit of good news, this bit of great news, as a matter of fact. Have a great summer. Having said that, I don't know what transpired, but it's probably safe to say that Pat Brisson 
said, you know what? They'd love to announce this before the end of the season. And at that point, uh, you know what? He didn't have to. So he said, you know what? We'll hold off here. We'll hold off here. And after that, it, it was no longer time sensitive. But I, I'm happy that it's done right now. And I'm happy it was done on a Monday morning, announced at 9 a.m. Now the media are going to have a, a, a heyday with this. They're going to talk about it for the rest of the week. And then one week from now, we can talk about the Grand Prix, maybe. And then Montrealers can have a great summer. All right, okay. Um, let's get back to his presser. When um, he was asked about a lot of money. Listen to this. I mean, honestly, it's, it's not going to change anything about who I am. Um, anything like that. I think just coming to the rank every day. Um, I, I do it for free. So uh, my passion for the game, um, it's, it's never going to change. I'm, I'm really excited. And, you know, obviously it's, it's really special for, for me and my family. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I just love being a hockey player. Eight years being set that long um, in a place like that where I wanted to be uh, with, with the right places in mind, which, you know, we have a great coaching staff, great, um, you know, management. It's, it's, it's all headed in the right direction. So to be a part of something like this and, and to be able to win probably faster than, than doing something else, kind of taking less money to try and make something more later um, really wasn't my mindset. Uh, so I want to be a team guy. That's what I am. Um, I want to be a leader on this team and things like that. So um, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's good for both sides. And, you know, we're all pretty excited about it. So before I got to ask my question, he was asked about making a lot of money an eight-year deal at $62.8 million, and he says he'd do it for free. Eric, you have no idea how tempted I was to say, Cole, I'm happy to hear that you do it for free. Can you give me a million dollars? But I decided to keep it professional, and who knows, maybe if he joins me on the podcast one day, maybe I'll ask him. But speaking of that money, how life-changing is $62.8 million? He was also asked that listening mean to your family and and just you know having we're talking about more than 60 million dollars it's a massive amount of money like how does that how life-changing is that for you uh to be honest it really doesn't make sense to me um it's, <laughs> it's something that uh yeah i could have just dreamed about as a kid but uh even this number probably wouldn't even have popped into my head i mean i just love to watch and uh, to be able to do this and in a place like montreal for that amount of money i mean put the money aside i just love being in montreal but um, it's huge to to kind of have my family um, safe and uh, things like that. So I, I couldn't be more proud. Uh, my parents are very excited. My family's all excited. So um, I think uh, we're in a really good spot. What a great answer, right? I, it doesn't even feel real to me. I, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Wow. Talk about yeah. humility. I mean, just making a big payday like that and says, you know what? It just doesn't make any sense. I think both of them are crowd pleasers, both those answers that you just played, yeah. right? Especially oh, yeah. the back end of the first clip where he's basically addressing the notion of taking a bit of a shorter term deal that still would have paid him a ton of money so he could cash in a big payday when he has more leverage on his side in negotiations and a hammer to hold. Because um, I think we all know that Cole Caulfield is going to pile up goals. He is going to continue to be, you know, even post-shoulder surgery, an elite goal scorer in this league. Um, that was what he was born to do. It's what he's done at every single level. It's what he did after he got drafted uh, in 2019 and won the Hobie Baker. And, you know, this is who this guy is. 
Um, he had that opportunity. He could have taken it. You know, Austin Matthews at a higher end, higher degree, did it with Toronto. Jason Robertson did it with the Dallas Stars. And, um, you know, there's no reason that Cole Caulfield could have been like, you know what, I don't want to sign for Nick for less than Nick Suzuki. I'm going to sign a two- or three-year deal that takes me a lot closer to unrestricted free agency, and then uh, you'll see what I do. I'll bet on myself. You're you're still going to have to pay me a good amount based on what I've already done, and I'm going to take you guys to the cleaners next time around. And there's, you know, nobody would have begrudged him for that. That's kind of the position you're in, and you have to take care of yourself and your family. You know, the, the Players Association would want you to get as much as possible in those situations. So I just think that that back half of that answer where he talked about not going down that road and always wanting to be long-term. Yeah. It says a lot about how he feels on top of all his words about the organization and the team and the direction they're going in, the management, the coaching staff, the development staff, which he talked about in terms of his ability to become a more complete player. It says a lot and it says a lot and set up the question that you asked him about about obviously how he would sell potential free agents on montreal because i think just him putting his signature on that piece of paper and him and suzuki being locked in there for eight years and kirby doc for the next three at a number that's south of four million dollars um there's going to be a few more reasons for players to look at montreal and be like "Mm, there's something good happening here so let's play that right now. What Cole Caulfield would say to a coveted free agent about Montreal. He is around the corner, uh, obviously right after the draft. If a coveted free agent would call you, what would you say? I mean, Montreal has been a tough sell over the years. So let's just say a coveted free agent is in talks with Kent Hughes and Kent says, Cole, I could probably use your help. What would you say to sell Montreal? Uh, it's, the best place to play, I think, uh, you know, guys that play in the league um, that are on the road in Montreal, they, they know it's just a fun atmosphere to play in. It's, for me, every night feels like a Saturday, no matter what day you're playing. I mean, um, you know, it's a special city. The fans are the best part. Um, no matter what happens, they're always our number one supporters. And um, I think the way this team's going, uh, the coaching staff, the management, they all know what they're doing. And you just got to trust that process. And, I think with the guys that we have right now, um, we're building something special. And, you know, whether we're making some additions, some tractions, whatever, I think, you know, if we all buy into this this process and trust it and what we're doing, I think, you know, everything will turn out the way it's supposed to. To me, every night feels like a Saturday. Wow. Great answer. We, yeah, know, I mean, we know that Saturday nights, the atmosphere is absolutely unbelievable. And in most buildings on Tuesdays and Thursdays, not really, but we, we every night feels like a Saturday night. I think, cool. I, I think what was good, and it was a great question, Tony. I, I think the real thing is that there are, there are a number of reasons piling up to balance against some of the negatives in playing in a market like this. Um, and it has everything to do with how the Canadians are operating right now in the Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes era. You know, the the hires they made from a development standpoint were enormous in terms of selling their players. Uh, Martin St. Louis is probably the biggest factor of all. And when you have even your college free agents and you go to them, guys like Jaden Strubel and Sean Farrell and say, hey, let's get this done now and and let's get you into the fold because you're going to have an opportunity, whether you have an opportunity to play with us immediately or play with us moving forward, you're going to have an opportunity to get better with what we have here with Marty as coach. And like that is... 
such a huge selling point. You know, most players, you know, the agents worry about the taxes and the pressure and the, the you know, the, the, the media and this and that. The, the, the players want to win and they want to be in positions where they can be the most successful. You talk to any player who's making a decision on their career prior to making it to the NHL. You know, what college are you going to go to? Well, I'm going to go to the one where I could play the most, where I can get the most ice time, where I could be with a coach who I know is going to make me better. What junior program you want to be a part of? Well, the London Knights seem to crank out a bunch of superstars. And if I can be a part of them, and I know we're growing up with the Hunters and all. So it's the same kind of mentality from a player's perspective in the NHL. And I think, you know, you have those factors piling up now in Montreal. And and Suzuki and Caulfield at the center of it – and a culture that's kind of being built here with those two guys as leaders, it's it's another big factor and a feather in Kent Hughes's cap that he can use to attract free agents here. Yeah. Speaking of great questions, a good friend of mine asked him how he sees him and Suzuki as a one-two punch measuring up against other top twos on other teams, notably in the division. Let's see, uh, hear what he had to say. You, you talked about putting pressure on yourself on a daily basis. When you look around, even just your own division, some of the top-line talent on each team is enormous. How do you think you and Nick Suzuki as a pairing measure up against that top-line talent that you're being paid to produce and, and you're going to go up against some of the best players in the world on a night-to-night basis now with this contract in hand? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're, we're excited for this challenge, I think. Um, you know, the team that we can be built around, um, you know, also it's very exciting. I think, you know, every year we kind of learn a little bit more, we get a little bit more experience under our belt. Um, you know, we got some older guys in the team that are teaching us a lot of things too. Um, I know we got, we got a tough division, but, um, you know, in these next couple of years, we should be able to, uh, to compete in this division. And I think, um, might be one of the toughest in hockey, if not the best. So, um, you know, for us, I think we look at it as a challenge and, and every day kind of getting better and growing, growing our team, growing our games. And, um, you know, I'm just excited for, for what's to come. And I think, you know, having Nick along my side will, you know, us to just be competing every day and, and trying to get better and conquer those games. Just lastly, Cole. Great question, Eric. And I picked up on that and I asked him, if he looks into a crystal ball, what does he see down the road for him and Suzuki and what they can bring and for him and the entire group and the entire team listening. I want you to look into a crystal ball now. Nick's going to be here for a very long time. You're going to be here for a very long time. What do you see you guys doing as a duo? And what do you see doing with this group? I think Nick and I are just going to continue to grow on what we've, we've done already. I think um, there's a lot more out there to get, obviously. But, um, you know, what we've built, you know, so far in these three years is, is something special and um, I think, you know, we're only going to get better as the years go on. So, you know, that, that for us is, is one part, you know, we want to be leaders of the team and, and kind of grow, grow our team in the right direction and push everybody every day. So um, I think that our energy, our passion kind of feeds off the rest of the team. And I think, you know, like I said earlier, it's contagious in the room right now, what we got, and, you know, everybody's positive, everybody kind of trusts what we're doing. And um, I think only good things can happen from that. And, you know, we'll take it one step at a time, one year at a time, and go from there and kind of set set short-term expectations throughout the year and um, just try and get better every day and, you know, kind of do your best and, and kind of see what happens. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about winning in this league and um, especially in this organization. So we want to get back there as fast as possible. 
want to get back to winning as fast as possible. And what we got going on in this room is contagious, and it's about getting better every day. Another great answer, Eric. Yeah, but the standout really for me is excited for the challenge. You know, these are two players that are humble, and, and Cole is humble. He, he has a humility about him. You hear it in the way he talks about getting better on a daily basis, about the challenge within the division, uh, about the talent that they're up against on a nightly basis. He's aware of how strong the division is. Um, you know, and he didn't take the bait. You know, I, I, I was wondering what kind of statement he might make about where he sees Suzuki and himself as a duo compared to some of the other premium talents within the division. You can look at Ottawa, you can look at Toronto, you can look at Buffalo, um, Boston. Not, not to even speak of those guys and the Florida Panthers who are in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Detroit's emerging as well with a ton of talent up front. I will say this. You know, Nick Suzuki, from the day I've known him, is humble Canadiana as it gets. But this guy knows exactly how good he is. He, he really knows exactly how good he is and what he's capable of and how much better he can be. And I think the same is true of Cole Caulfield and players that are of that ilk and that good don't go through their careers without having extremely high expectations of themselves. They will be expected to carry the team. And I promise you there is room for growth and improvement in both of them in one respect. And that, you know, when you look back at last season, when the Canadians really went through their most turbulent patch, Mm -hmm. Caulfield and Suzuki struggled. You know, they, they had a, a little period there around the Christmas holidays where nothing was going right. The team wasn't scoring. The team needed Caulfield and Suzuki to kind of dig them out. They had a hard time doing it. And they're going to learn from that. Um, did that affect the way they believe about themselves and what their ability is? I don't think so at all. If anything, it made them hungrier. It made them realize just how hard they'll need to work in order to fulfill the potential they have. And their potential to me, is enormous. Their stars, as far as I'm concerned, already proven to be stars and top-line talents. They're bordering on superstardom. They have the ability to become superstars in this league and complete players. I don't think Caulfield gets enough credit for how complete of a player he can potentially be. We saw a lot of added elements to his game. Can he improve in the defensive zone? Yes. Has he improved defensively up the ice, creating turnovers as a second four-checker? He's underrated in that department, and he does not, for a smaller player, play a small game. He does not shy away from physical contact. He oftentimes initiates physical contact, and um, I just think those two players, they really know how good that they can be, and they have every intention of proving it. Eric, if uh, Caulfield is healthy over the next three seasons, I feel comfortable in predicting 40 goals, 45 goals and 50 goals. And I'm comfortable in predicting for Suzuki, 70 points, 75 points, and 80 points. Um, I'm comfortable in those numbers for those two players over the next three years. What do you think? I think at the bottom end, if Cole Caulfield scores 35 goals for each of the next eight seasons, he's he's fulfilled the contract. Big time. He had... He was on pace for 46 this year, and yep. that's in spite of the fact that there was a drought around Christmas time. And Suzuki was on pace for over 90 points when Caulfield was healthy. So, you know, I don't want to put a ceiling over either guy. I also don't want to sit here and say they're guaranteed to be 40, 45, 50, 75, 80, 90 point players. 
But when you see what they can do together and you see the way the Canadians forward group is rounding out, I don't think it's absurd or ridiculous or anything like that to expect that there'll be those types of point producers. I think a lot of people looked at Suzuki and say the max he'll ever be is an 82-point player, a point-per-game player who's extremely complete. Um, I think his potential is higher than that. I, I do. I think if Nick Suzuki plays with the quality of line mates that some of the other players have in the division, uh, and he certainly has one baked in now with Caulfield, you know, provided they remain healthy, I don't see any reason why Nick Suzuki can't be a 90-point player in this league. I don't see any reason. Uh, and people may think that's crazy, um, but that's okay. You know, I, I think Kirby Doc proved what kind of player he's about to become, and he's just he's just scratching the surface right now in terms of what his ability is. I think the Canadians are going to get significantly better as we move forward here. Uh, you know, with the opportunity that the the financial opportunity they have, given the contracts for Suzuki and Caulfield, and what's coming off the books, and where the salary cap is going, and the fact that they <laughs> Kent Hughes works for an owner that uh, has a team that's one of the most lucrative teams in the NHL. Yeah. Um, you know, the more talent comes in, and there's already a lot of it in the pipeline the better those guys are going to do. So I don't think it's crazy at all to suggest those things. I won't necessarily put numbers on it, but yeah, I do think that both players have the ability to, to at the bottom end, at least fulfill their contracts and at the top end do what should be expected, which is that they're going to make those contracts look like complete bargains and sooner rather than later. All right. Did the Montreal Canadiens give too much money to a player who has played only 123 regular season games? Should be we be worried that the Montreal Canadiens gave an eight-year, $62.8 million contract to a player who got injured? What does that mean for money that might be left over or not for Pierre-Luc Dubois? These are some things that we didn't tackle, but I'm just teasing you because I'll be back tonight at 10 p.m., our normally scheduled time, on the SICK Podcast weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern with a guest to be announced later. And we're going to get to all of that and more. Eric Engels of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. Thanks for doing it, man. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Take care, Tony. All right, but not later tonight. Later, just me and you on the phone, just like that, because the guest tonight is a guest to be announced later. A shout-out to Matrix and MatrixHomeFitness.ca. Great uh, cardio equipment, of course. Uh, Bring it home. Discover a club-quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit MatrixHomeFitness.ca. And, of course, a shout-out to Energy Transportation Group, to La Bitta TB, and to Murphy Clinic for bringing you the sick podcast with Tony Marinaro. For Agnello and Sammy at Master Control, they're Cavallaro. I'll be back at 10 p.m. Who am I? Me? I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.